He's exceptional, hey? He really is. We had dinner with these guys last night, and I tell you what, laugh, 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 laugh. He's so funny, but he's so naughty. Can you believe it? <laughs> and we're in church, and he gets away with it. He's naughty. <laughs> oh, he's so grateful to be in the house of God, hey? There's nothing like his presence, hey? You guys do an exceptional job. Thank you for that beautiful worship today. As I walked in this morning, I had Beck just touching up my mascara because it was going all over the shop. And Jill says to me, I don't even wear mascara because I cry it all off. And it's like I'm sitting there down this morning howling. And it's like, where's my tissues? So I leaned over and said to Lorene to tell Jill, she's right, you don't need to wear the mascara. <laughs> Our God is so good, hey? Well, it's been a while since we've seen you guys. And uh, it's so wonderful to be here. We love coming to this church. It's, it's one of the special churches in our hearts, I think, you know, because Gary's been in Victoria previously for so long and we've made so many beautiful friends here since I've come into his world. And we love being with Brian and Trude. We walk into their home and just sense the presence of God like never before and the peace of God that reigns in their home and their lives is just so touches us every time we come. We're just so, so blessed. So thank you. Um, you know, we've... Uh, we thought we'd kind of hit the wall with all of Gary's health issues and everything that was going on in our world a couple of years ago. And uh, if you don't know his journey, he's had the open heart surgery and prostate cancer and something called peripheral neuropathy. And, you know, in the mix of all of that, God just spoke to us and said, be still and know that I am God. Do you know, at that time, every time I would go into worship, I would see a lion's head. And it was like, you know, it is praise. It's the tribe of Judah. It's, it's the lion of Judah. It's our Jesus that fights our battles for us. And it's like I just had this overwhelming sense at times of God's presence with me that was going to take us into the future. We got through that and we thought, yes, we're ready to go. And smack bang into the middle of last year, my son got diagnosed with an incurable disease, according to medical people, called Lyme disease. I don't know if you've heard of it, but um, it was just, it was a bit of an upset because we just started uh, teaching at the college in Sydney and, and doing some stuff and, and thinking about getting back on the road with Gary. And, um, and it's like, you know, sometimes things come left field. You're not expecting it. And it's like it comes left field. And I found myself in a place last year where I was experiencing great disappointment. Great disappointment. But I tell you, one of the things that I have noticed journeying over the years with God, you can have one moment with the Lord where he wipes it all away. There is something that he instills into us with with his revelation knowledge that gives us a courage and a strength to be able to rise up and walk through anything that might come against us. Are you up for that this morning? Because I believe that's what God is going to do. He's going to meet you this morning and he's going to instill in you such courage and strength to keep going because our God is a good God. I was reading... Um, I just felt to read this out this morning. It's a little bit of a long scripture, but it's out of the Passion Translation because I'm into the Passion as well. I'm into all sorts of Passion. Hey, Mr. Silver Fox. Um, but just saying, just saying. It's good. It's good. I hope you're keeping it alive, guys. Hello. Got to keep the love vibe happening. 
Yes, yes. Okay, so Romans 5, it says, Our faith in Jesus transfers God's righteousness to us, and he now declares us flawless in his eyes. You know, when you're going through things, it's like you feel the worst. You, you feel so un- unable to actually do what God's calling you to do because of things that are going on around you. And yet, the Lord says to us, in our weakness, his strength is made perfect. Because from for his perspective, he sees us as flawless. I don't know about you, but that's pretty good. He doesn't see my cellulite for a start. Hello? You know, he doesn't see what we see about ourselves. And I think sometimes we can be so hard on ourselves and, and just don't get that revelation of who God is in us because the word tells us that greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. It goes on. It says, Our faith guarantees us permanent access into this marvellous kindness that he has given us, a perfect relationship with God. What incredible joy bursts forth within us as we keep on celebrating our hope of experiencing God's glory. But that's not all. Even in times of trouble, we have a joyful confidence, knowing that our pressures will develop in us patient endurance, and patient endurance will refine our character, and proven character leads us back to hope. And this hope is not a disappointing fantasy. I love that. This hope is not a disappointing fantasy. I tell you, when you get out of church and you head into your Monday through Saturday, often that's what we experience, disappointment and disillusionment. And our God says to us, no, it is not a fantasy because we now have the experience and the endless love of God. There is nothing like it. The endless love of God cascading that word is amazing, cascading. It's like, it's like a big waterfall. The love of God is like a waterfall that just gushes over us because we're his children. It cascades into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that lives in us. I'm so grateful for his presence in my life. And, uh, and I just know that today he's here. We usher him in with our worship. When our eyes are focused on him and we forget the cares and the worries of whatever is going on around us, we can stand, we can stand and declare the truth. One of those songs we were singing this morning, it's like we fight the battle with the truth, yeah? It's the word of God that does not return void. It does not lie. It's not a fantasy. And I think sometimes it's really good just to remind ourselves, if God is for us, Who can be against us? Yeah? My man is going to come and he's going to arise. You need to be a little bit patient as he does this. Do you need help? (laughs) He he actually injured, injured his ACL just recently, which doesn't help. But he's here and he's on fire. And I think we have a stool for him. Yes. Just, just in case. Yeah. Why don't you all just give him a warm welcome? <laughs> You're going to come up. See, he's flawless. 
absolutely flawless. <laughs> Don't worry, it's just the anointing. <laughs> if all else fails, blame God, amen. <laughs> we went out for dinner last night and I literally could not get off the chair and uh, we had a couple of guys come and help me, which was very nice. <laughs> if you want to feel like a real man, just have three people helping you get off the seat around the table. It really does, really does something for the ego. <clears throat> if you have your Bibles, I'd like you to turn to John 21. And uh, I just want to say how great it is to be back. We always love coming here. Uh, we particularly love your pastors. They're just amazing. And I think every time we come, I get at least three more totally wild stories about his life and how he treats his grandchildren. <laughs> uh, so, brother, you're forgiven. <laughs> and so it's just great to be here. I want to talk about the passage where the disciples uh, went fishing. How many have been fishing? You know? Sometimes we ought to call it looking for fish. <laughs> And here's the disciples. They'd just gone through a horrendous time. Uh, Jesus had died. They hadn't planned on that. The cross was horrific. They just, it wasn't in the brochure. How many of you have gone through stuff and you kind of think, hey, this wasn't in the brochure? You know, I didn't, I didn't sign up for this. And, uh, and we can get really disappointed. And I, as I look at this passage, I've, I've just kind of see something so different. I see it from the point of view of Jesus. The disciples go back fishing. Peter says, I'm going fishing, and all the rest are so spiritual. They say, yeah, we'll come with you. And, and the interesting part is that even Nathaniel goes fishing. And uh, Nathaniel was the one who Jesus spoke over and said, a true Israelite in whom there's nothing false. And so even the super spiro of the team says, I'm coming too, and they go fishing. <laughs> yeah, every church has a super spiro, is that right? Uh, sometimes every family. <laughs> and... Uh, and so they all go off fishing all night and they catch nothing. And uh, for people who go fishing, there's nothing worse. You go past the fish and chip shop on the way home and <laughs> they'll have a couple of pieces of fish. You know, don't cook them, don't do anything, you know, just... <laughs> you bring it in, oh, look what I caught, you know. <laughs> the wife says, oh, yeah, right, you know. And uh, this, that was that kind of moment, you know. I, I don't know if you've been through a time where... You just feel like your whole world has fallen away. I, I know that when I had to have open heart surgery and then I found out I had cancer and then peripheral neuropathy, I kind of thought, Lord, I didn't sign up for this. I was okay 12 months ago. What are you doing to me? And suddenly all these things were coming on. And I remember that um, I, I went through a season where I just thought, you know, do I have the operation or do I trust God? Anyone been there? You know, and that old Pentecostal thing comes back. If you have an operation, then you have no faith and God's going to be angry with you and everything. And so I had a, a week full of tests, 13 days of tests, and then uh, someone invited me to a prayer meeting up in the Blue Mountains and I'm up there and uh, there's about 40 of them there. And in the middle of one of the worship songs, I don't know whether you, you would remember it, but Jimmy Swaggart used to sing it, something about when Jesus was on the cross, we were on his mind. And they began to sing that in worship. And I felt the Holy Spirit say, just lay down on the carpet. And I thought, you've got to be kidding. <laughs> you know, I thought, is there another voice? You know, <laughs> just lay down on the carpet. And I thought, Lord, don't think I'm crazy. And he said, you're going to lie down on the carpet or not? Yes. <laughs> so I just laid down on the carpet. 
and and just I, I didn't kind of really cry and get right into it, but but there was just a couple of tears came down my cheek, and and the Lord spoke to me and He said, "You having an operation is no problem with me, so don't let it be a problem with you." And suddenly I just had this amazing peace that God was with me, and and just to go through with it and and just trust God in the whole thing. Uh, but for a moment it was like. Not me as well, because my mum and my dad had both died of cancer, and uh, you know my wife had died of cancer, and so I'm going through all this, and then suddenly uh, they say, "Oh, we've got peripheral neuropathy as well," and I said, "Oh, great, what's that?" And they said, "Well, that's why you don't have any feeling in your feet or your legs, and you walk funny." I said, "Oh, that explains it," you know, <laughs> and they said, "You know, the good news is there's no cure." I thought, "Oh, thank you," uh, and so I have to go into hospital one day. Uh, a month and have seven hours of intravenous stuff to try and just stop this thing. And uh, I'm thinking, okay, Lord, you know, I'm just going to trust you anyway. My life is in your hands. You know, sometimes you fight best by resting. I think sometimes in Pentecost we get so uptight in our fighting and everything else, we're not really fighting from faith. We're fighting from desperation and fear. And I just had a real peace. I thought, well, Lord, you, you know everything. And and then they thought, okay, we'll do a PET scan. They did a PET scan. They came back and saw them. They said, look, we think you've got prostate cancer. I thought, oh, wonderful. You know, I wonder what's in the surprise package. <laughs> and, and so they said, okay, we need to do a biopsy. And they did 32 biopsies and 28 said that I had the second fastest growing cancer there is. And they had to remove my whole prostate immediately. So they did that. And then they said, well, we haven't got it all. You know, we've got most of it. And so it's still a faith journey, but we just believe in God. It's all going to be cool. But I can identify with the disciples. You know, it's like all hell's breaking loose, kind of. You know, it's what's going on here. And so good old Peter, Motormouth Incorporated, says, well, I'm going out to fish. You know, the loudest voice isn't always the right voice. Have you noticed that? Sometimes the loudest voice speaking in a church or into a situation isn't what God is saying. And, and they just all went along with Peter because he was the loudest voice. And I, and I think of the prophet in the cave, you know, where there's the crashing and the thunder and the lightning, and then it says there came the sound of a gentle blowing. And he wraps his face in the mantle, stands at the entrance of the cave, and the voice of God says, what are you doing here? And, and so... I just see Jesus in a different light as I look at this passage. I used to preach from the point of view of how, how dumb the disciples were, how they had no faith and, you know, what's wrong with you guys. And, but as I looked at it, I thought, there's the real heart of Jesus here. They're out fishing and he, and he cries out to them from the shore uh, and he says, do you have any fish? They tell me that in the Greek, the, it, it comes across a little differently. It's, it's more a case of you don't have any fish, do you? <laughs> And, and they admit, no, we don't have anything. Don't have anything at all. Have you ever felt that you have nothing left? You know, as a Christian, you've, you've done it all. You've quoted the scriptures. You've praised and worshipped. And you've, you know, just about done your CD in. And you, you've got your thumb drive. And that's just about worn out as well. And, you know, the neighbours have all heard this song 300 times already, like play something different. But, but it's all to build up your faith and to get it going and, and this whole lot of stuff. And... And so they had to admit, I don't have anything. You know, I think it's good sometimes to get to that point where you say, Lord, I don't have anything, but you do. I don't have what I think it's going to take, but I know that you do. And I think one of the challenges to a Pentecostal churches today is to come into a place of rest. You know, 
Some of our spiritual warfare is just desperation. I'm going to die, I'm going to die, heal me, do something. You know, but from a point of rest, I believe you already disarm the enemy. We disarm the devil by just being confident in God. The steps of a good man and woman are ordered by the Lord, isn't that right? And, uh, and so, no, don't have anything. Just imagine if they'd lied. Oh, yeah, we've got some fish here. Because they didn't know it was Jesus at that moment. It was just a voice from the shore. We weren't even sure whether it was Jesus. And sometimes in our life we hear a voice. We're not even totally sure it's God, but we think it is. And we, and we ask God for confirmation and we just keep walking by faith. And Isn't that right? You know, you just, Lord, I'm not sure whether this is you or whether it isn't you. And we started off this year kind of interesting because I hadn't done much preaching for about two years. I've been in hospital 40 times in a two-year period. I walk in the hospital and say, good day, Gary, how are you doing? I said, yeah, it's cool. <laughs> Back again. And, um, and so we weren't sure where we were going in our ministry or anything. And, and we just felt God said, I want you to do it differently. Don't get on the phone and ring up and try and, and get, you know, a preaching gig or whatever. And so we started the year with the Lord. We haven't got a clue what you're doing with our life, but we trust you. And, and we both agreed together that we wouldn't make any phone calls. You know, if God laid it on my heart to make a phone call to someone, we would. But other than that, we just say, God, you either breathe on our ministry and it lives or you don't and it dies. It's up to you. I don't have to be in ministry to walk close with you or to be a Christian, you know, whatever you want with my life. So we didn't do anything. And, uh, and the first phone call we got was, was Pastor Darrell. Phone and said, oh, you, you're doing any preaching lately? And I kind of said, well, not a whole lot, you know, and invited us to, to come and minister. And within a couple of weeks, we had five invitations uh, where people just rang and said, oh, look, God's put us on your heart. We want you to come and want you to minister into our church. And... And I just kind of thought, okay, Lord, I'm just believing that somehow Zella and I have come to a different level of faith and trusting where for God to do stuff, you know, I think God's encouraging us all to understand that he can do stuff. We don't have to pull any strings, you know. Some people say faith without works is dead and other people say faith without hints is dead. You know, like, oh, I just want you to know we need a new Learjet for our ministry. You know, we're just trusting God, you know. And I thought, no, you're not. You're, you're trusting the people because you just told them what your need is and you're waiting for everybody to write a huge check. And, and, and I think we've got to start looking at our lives a little differently and just say, God, here I am. Lumps, bumps, warts and all, you know. And uh, yes, we have no fish. And, and Jesus makes the crazy statement. I mean, he just says, Cast your net on the right side of the boat. You know, anywhere in the lake, just on the right side of the boat. And can you imagine these guys? I mean, they're, they're not kind of super spiros. Some of them are fishermen and others are involved in other things. And, uh, and so it's, it's a huge challenge for them. And uh, can you imagine the murmuring? Who does he think he is? He's a carpenter. He builds boats, but he doesn't... He's not a fisherman. What's he telling us to do? We've fished all night, caught nothing. But the interesting thing is, despite how they felt, Jesus had been crucified. They'd seen him once. He'd walked through the wall of their room. You know, just imagine that. It doesn't do a whole lot for your insecurity things. <laughs> They're all shaking in fear. And suddenly Jesus walks through the wall and goes, Peace. <laughs> 
See, we read the Bible sometimes and we don't, we don't read it like it's real. We, we don't look at the people like the people are real. And it's really interesting because Jesus had to speak peace twice before they got it. Have you ever noticed that? You know, if you read it in the Bible, it says he spoke peace and he speaks a bit wrong and he says he spoke peace again. And I'm thinking, yeah, the dove had nowhere to land the first time. <laughs> they were so full of fear. They were so full of intrepidation. Uh, and so they've seen Jesus. They've talked to him. But it's different. The outcome is different to what they expected. They expected Jesus to raise up an army and defeat the Romans. And, you know, they were already arguing who was going to sit on the right hand of Jesus, you know, when he came into his glory. So they were just a bunch of humans. Turn to the person next to you and say, you're human. Yeah, yeah three people, thanks for that. Just float so... so Turn to the person on the other side and say, I'm not sure about you. <laughs> See, these guys were human. I said to the Lord a few times over the last couple of years, I said, Lord, I would be so holy and so spiritual if I wasn't so human. <laughs> and you know what the Lord said to me? He said, I love your humanity. He said, I made you human and I love your humanity. I love the fact that you foul up occasionally and that, you, and that you're real. You know, it's, it's, and we have to be real sometimes, don't we? You know, someone says, oh, have you got a headache? No, no, I'm fine. And your head's just about falling off. It's in so much pain. You know, we've got to get real in a whole lot of things. And I think the sooner we do, we'll start to touch our community. Because the church doesn't always have a good rapport in the community. Because we have some real fruit loops in church sometimes, don't we? Or shall I put it differently? God has some unusual sons and daughters. <laughs> Did I get out of that okay? <laughs> and, and they hear the voice of Jesus come. And uh, they start to come to shore. And I think it's John who says, it's Jesus. Suddenly they see it's Jesus. And, and what I love about it is Peter suddenly puts his coat on him because he was stripped for, for fishing dives into the water to get to Jesus first. You know, Peter did some strange things and messed up, but I love his heart, you know. First out of the boat, I don't care if I'm going to get wet, you know, I'm going in, that's Jesus, you know. If only we had that same desperation, you know. One of the things that constantly challenges me is my wife, <laughs> and that is because she loves the Word of God so much. She'll get up and she'll read the Bible and then I'll, just, I'll say, when you're coming to bed, honey, two minutes, I just put on my pack and go to sleep, honestly, because I know that she'll be at least an hour, an hour and a half, and if I'm really lucky, probably two hours, and so I don't wait for her anymore because she just got that love for the presence of God. And that's what Peter had, and I think, Lord, give me that kind of passion. You know, sometimes I look at my life and I think, well, I used to have that, but do I still have it now in the same way? You know, I'm not 21 anymore. That's a surprise for everybody, isn't it? I had my 70th birthday this year, or last year. And I think 70, gee, both my parents were dead before then. And, and to me, 60 used to be old, you know, and here I am, the big 7-0. And, and you begin to think of your life and what you've done and what you haven't done. And, and it's great to just hear the voice of the Lord, you know, well done, good and faithful servant. And God wants to be able to speak that over each one of our lives. But the greatest thing we can do is actually spend time with him. We often think it's doing stuff. 
You know, as pastors, we have a real challenge, don't we, Pastor Darrell, sometimes? You know, the church isn't growing as fast as I'd like. Four people left this year, you know, and, and one person came, you know. We, we get into all this sort of stuff, but, you know, the, it says we're going to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. And as long as we're faithful doing what God has called us to do, then we're going to have a crown, we're going to have a mansion, it's going to be, yahoo, baby, you know. It's going to be a great time. All he wants us to do is walk faithfully before him, to be a faithful witness in our community. You know, I, I love the passage that Zella quotes so often that I was just going to quote and it went, uh, as Jesus was, so are we in this world. That's the one. And, uh, pardon? 1 John four seventeen. okay? And I look at that and I think, what an amazing thing. As Jesus was, so are we in this world. And that's what God's called us to do, is just to be like Jesus. It makes everything simple, doesn't it? I just want you to be like Jesus. just want you to spend time with him and understand him and to, and to know him. My, my brother's a professor of a New Testament, and uh, he talks about Jesus and he just cries. You know, he, he just is so in love with Jesus, has studied the life of Jesus so much. He just talks about Jesus and tears will come down his face and... And he actually said to the, the other lecturers a while back, he said, listen, if your students love Jesus more than you do, then you need to quit. I thought, boy, that's a bit rough. I'm glad I don't work for you, Rick. <laughs> but you kind of think, you know, there's something real in our relationship with Jesus that I think we miss out. You know, church life can do it. We can get so busy with church life, work. There's all sorts of things that can take the place of just, just want to be with him. So they rush into the shore, and it's interesting because Jesus is already there, and there's a fire, there's hot coals, there's fish cooking, there's fresh bread, and it's, and it's already there. Jesus has it. See, Jesus, you know, Jesus isn't bankrupt waiting on us to get him out of a fix, okay? And I love what Jesus says. He says, Bring some of what you have. And, and I looked at that and I thought, wow, what a glimpse to the, to the heart of Jesus. Disillusioned disciples, off doing their own things, thrown in the towel, really struggling to believe in God and to believe in Jesus in the way that he's expressed himself. And here he says, come on guys, come and have breakfast. How unspiritual of Jesus Seriously, they've gone through the crucifixion. They've had him kind of go boo in the room when he came, you know. And and they've gone through all this, and and then he invites them to bring what you have. Isn't that beautiful? They didn't have anything other than what he gave them. You know, Peter hadn't changed that much because it says there was 153 fish. Who counted them, Peter? <laughs> you know, <laughs> Peter, and so. He just says, come and bring what you have. And they sit down and all I do is have breakfast. And I thought, that's totally unspiritual. This is the, it's, this is the Bible I'm reading. Surely there has to be something incredibly supernatural, you know. A whale comes up out of the water and spits out another Jonah. You know, surely there's got to be something far more supernatural than breakfast. Well, this gives you an open slather, doesn't it? 
Honey, I'm having breakfast. Oh, I'm so spiritual this morning. Bacon and eggs will do. Brian asked me this morning, do I want bacon and eggs? But I'd already had healthy food. <laughs> Got one in. And, and I just love it. Can you imagine the scene? They're sitting on the side of this water, this great expanse of water. They've caught a whole lot of fish and they know it wasn't them. Did you hear me? They know it wasn't them. I think one of the first revelations we need again to get closer to God is it's not us. It says Christ in me is the hope of glory. So it's Christ in me first. And and that's the hope of glory. How much of Christ is within us? How like Jesus am I? You know, and uh, you know, Zella and I are both in our second marriage, and we've had a challenge or two. You know, getting close and understanding each other. I mean, we can have a conversation, and I just think, what is that? Men are from Venus, women are from Mars, or is it the other way around? I don't know. And I'm thinking, and I'll say something. She says, I don't know what you mean. I'll say, well, I don't know how I can say it any clearer, and I'll say it again. You know, and and it still hasn't worked. So, but the closer you get, the more you understand what's being said. Tell me, Jesus. Oh, was that what you said, honey? <laughs> but just, I want you to close your eyes for just a minute. Picture these disciples. They're wet. They've been out all night. They're cold. They didn't catch any fish. Suddenly they get this dumb request from Jesus, throw the net on the right side of the boat. There's a word for all the fishermen. And they're sitting here having breakfast with Jesus. Hmm. Just picture it for a minute. Fire, hot coals, fish, cooking, smell of freshly baked bread. And what are they doing? You can look at me now. What are what are they doing? They're just hanging out with Jesus. They're not healing the sick, raising the dead. They're not casting out demons. They're just spending time with Jesus. And as they spend time with Jesus, they have this revelation of the fact that Jesus said to them, bring what you have caught. They hadn't caught anything. And they knew that. 153 fish. I mean, what would you do if you were a fish and an angel came boom in your face, you know? You'd go anywhere, so they went into the net. <laughs> Just fellowship with Jesus. Bring what you have. I just want to encourage you that you're no surprise to God. Your humanity is no surprise to God. Your idiosyncrasies are no surprise to God. Your amazing good looks are no surprise to God. The ones that have to make we make up, that was no surprise to God either. You know, it's it's like he knew us before we were born. He says, Before you were born, I knew you. So you're no surprise to God. And he loves you just as you are, but loves you too much to leave you that way. He wants to come into our life 
transform us, change us, make us more like him. So I just want to encourage you this morning, bring what you have. We're not far from the beginning of the year, we're just starting a new year. Just bring what you have. Do you know what this church needs to be successful for want of a better term, and that's a pretty horrible one, is for you just to be yourself. To be your anointed self. That's all God wants you to be. Your anointed self. We all have different giftings, different callings. I mean, Pastor Darrell, I think he's a scream. We always get refreshed when we come. I'd hate to be one of his grandchildren, though, because we heard a couple of stories of what he's done to them. But I love the guy. I love everything about him. He's unique. You're unique. And all he wants you to do is to come and have breakfast. Isn't that interesting? doesn't want us to come and heal the sick and raise the dead and run around the building and all this sort of stuff. And all of that's good if it's God's, you know, I've been drunk as a skunk along with the best of them. I remember getting wheeled out of a whole Rod e. Howard Brown meeting on a, on a wooden pallet because they couldn't get me to stand up. And they dumped me at the front of the door of my hotel and drove off in my car. <laughs> Thanks, guys. And I'm bawling like anything. And the person at the reception says, are you okay? She thought I was totally blind drunk. I was, but not in the way she thought. But, you know, God just wants us to relax. Just, why don't you just relax for a minute? Just close your eyes and just sit there for a moment. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're here this morning. We thank you, Lord, for your grace. Your amazing grace. Help us, Lord, to step back from busyness. God is saying to you this morning, for you not to worry about your family that are not walking with God. You presented them to the Lord and the Lord will bring them back. And I feel that God's just wanting you to rest in that. You know, I, I see you with your children in your arms and you're just lifting them up and placing them in the arms of Jesus because Jesus is the only one who can bring them back and restore the years that the locusts and the canker worm have eaten. And I just see God speaking peace into your heart even this morning. So Lord, we just speak peace right now. In the name of Jesus, Lord, bring each one of the children back into a, a full-on relationship with Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus, we bring them back. And I don't know who it is, but it's like there's one in particular that's causing you a lot of concern. There's one child in particular. And the Lord says nothing is too hard for him. Nothing is too hard. You look and see a hardened heart towards Christianity and faith. And the Lord says that's easy for me. It's an easy thing. It's an easy thing. Why don't you and Morris just join arms together? And I'm just gonna, we're just going to pray. Yeah, Father, we pray your blessing upon this household.
upon Morris and Loran, Father. In the name of Jesus, we pray that you'll break the snare of the fowler that has taken hold of the children in the name of Jesus. Father, that you'll bring them back to faith and relationship in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Morris, I just feel like the Lord's saying to you, you need to take up the sword of the Spirit and you need to fight. You, you need to fight, not just kind of sit back. I feel it's, it's interesting. I feel with Lorraine, God's saying, be at peace, Lorraine. Just let it go. But Morris, with you, I feel God's wanting you to take up the sword of the Spirit and, and fight for your family and, and be that man of God who's in touch with God and whose heart's towards God and fight for them and fight for them. You know, I've, I've got a, some friends of mine that belong in a church I used to pastor and they, they'd gone through hurting times and, and they'd, they'd, they'd left the church and then their kids left the church and then their grandchildren are no longer going. You know, we hold the key for the generations that are following yes, us. And absolutely. Uh, I, I just, I don't want to embarrass you in any way, but I just feel like, you know, the sword's been placed down on the ground somewhere and you need to reach and take it up again and say, God, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Because God brought you together for a purpose and God gave you children for a divine purpose. And so, Lord, we just agree with your heart, with your Father heart, Lord, for this couple and this family. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. You know, it's really funny that... Um, you're coming down. Um, Two sex. <laughs> I'm going to do a nosedive if I'm not careful. Thank you. In the mix sometimes of what family goes through. Who, who here has children that aren't walking with the Lord? Yeah, yeah my gosh, it's <clears throat> extraordinary, isn't it? I was saying to Daryl and Pam last night, you know, after my first husband died, I, um, I had an encounter with God. I went off track for a little while, but God soon brought me back. And, you know, he knew the call on my life and, and knew that uh, he had things for me to do. And, and I upended three children and two cats and left Alice Springs and moved to Sydney to go to Bible college. And, um, yeah, my dad, I won't tell you what my dad said, but <laughs> he did ring me and apologize 12 months later because he realized it was the best thing I could have done. But, uh, you know, in the mix of that, I was in this little bubble where, where the presence of God was just so very real to me and I was hungry for the things of God like I'd never been before. And I was looking at a photograph. We've just had a family wedding and, and I was looking at a photograph of, of that season of my life and unbeknownst to me, and it still, still brings some emotion, but uh, you, my children, were really struggling. Even though I was in this wonderful place with the Lord, I actually had failed to look and see what my children were going through. They'd lost their daddy. It's a big thing for a little person to lose their daddy or their mummy. And it's like, all, the only reason I say this is to encourage you to look with eyes that are open as Jesus sees into your community, into your family, into the situations surrounded by you, into those children that are way off. You know, one of the greatest things, even with my son going through this difficult season just last year, we see him on a journey to finding the Lord again. And that's been the most extraordinary journey. 
because he's beginning to understand the love of the Father for him. Sometimes our kids hit rock bottom, you know, sometimes. And they can run and they can hide, but you can't hide from God. You know, and when you've got praying parents and praying grandparents, it's like there's nothing. I love that scripture because the same one came to me that Gary just said, claim it over your families. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And God is so kind, and it's his kindness that leads to repentance. And, you know, the kinder we are, and that, that message that Gary just gave about, you know, Jesus was eating breakfast with them. We tend to separate from those that aren't performing according to how we would like them to perform. And, you know, that's what Peter was doing. He was off fishing. And Jesus had called him to build the church. And it's like God, you know, brought him back and, and supped with him. He had breakfast with him. Every time we eat breakfast with somebody that doesn't know our Lord Jesus, we are Jesus to them. Every time every time. I've said for years, my, pla my home is my platform. My home is my platform because it's where I get to create an environment where people feel loved and accepted and cherished and valued. And we have some extraordinary people come through our doors. <laughs> but, you know, in the mix of it, I'm always asking the Lord, give me your eyes to see. And particularly after seeing that photograph, because I've realized there's generations of children coming through that need the love of Jesus. And they need us to rise up and become everything that God's called us to be. Amazing, amazing God, hey? Amazing grace. Can I pray for you? If you've got little ones or older ones, children that aren't walking with the Lord, would you mind just standing as a declaration to say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord? Even if you have cousins or brother-in-law's, sister-in-law's children, whoever it is this morning, let's make a declaration, shall we, together? And if you don't have somebody, maybe you know somebody that has children that aren't walking with God. So you could stand on their behalf and just say, Lord, intervene. <clears throat> Father, we thank you for your precious spirit. Yes. We thank you for your precious presence, Lord. Jesus, Jesus. And greater are you that's in us than he that's in the world, Father. Greater are you that's in us. And Lord, we just stand this morning just very quietly before you, but very boldly because you tell us to come into your throne room of grace boldly. And we declare the goodness of God and the mercy of God yes. and the kindness of God over every single child and family member that is represented as each person has stood. Lord, even for the ones we can't think of at this moment, Lord, we declare your righteousness be extended to them, that your banner over them is love. We declare that as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And we thank you, Father God, for the power of God that resides within us to reach out and to touch. Lord, even when it's hard and even when it's ugly, Father, give us the strength and the courage to stand in your righteousness and stand knowing that if God is for us, who can be against us? We thank you, Jesus, for your amazing love. And we thank you for the stories that are going to come from this morning. In Jesus' name.
Amen. Do you have a prophetic word for anybody? There's a last right in front of me next to the lady with the flowers and something. Yeah. What's your name? Maddie. Maddie, the Lord wants you to know this morning that he absolutely loves you. You know, you are incredibly, incredibly precious to him. And, you know, it's, it's... there's a special anointing on your life and it's like the devil has tried to rip away your heart in relation to kingdom, in relation to God because it's, it's like the devil's got a whiff, you know, of, of what you can be as you surrender your life to the Lord. And uh, it's almost like there's a number of really solid reasons why you can give God the flick, you know, because there's disappointment. But, you know, the Lord knew that you were going to walk through that disappointment Okay, and he hasn't left you. You might feel like he's left you. You might feel like he doesn't care, doesn't understand what you're going through, but he absolutely does. And you are a chosen vessel of God. You're you're beautiful, not only on the outside, but you're beautiful in your spirit, the real you. You have a beautiful heart, a soft heart, and you love God, and that's why sometimes you've got really affected badly know by what things have happened i just want to encourage you just go have breakfast with jesus so to speak you know just go spend time and tell him exactly how you feel tell him exact don't hold back because he knows anyway just say god this is how i feel you know and and god loves that because there's honesty and when there's honesty he can bring healing and he can bring release because the hand of god is so on you seriously and i've forgotten your name again already mandy Maddie, I got the M right. There you go. I'm, I'm doing doing well. So Maddie, you know, just be blessed this morning. Honey, do you want to just lay hands on Maddie? Sure. Please. I'll trip over a handbag or something for sure if I try. <clears throat> yeah. So Father, we pray for Maddie right now. Thank you, Lord, that you absolutely love her to bits. You think she's the greatest. She's so gifted, so talented. God's in a wonderful heart. And yet Satan has done everything to destroy her love for you and kingdom. And we just come against that in the name of Jesus. We speak healing to her heart and her spirit and her mind. Lord, just wrap your arms around her right now where she's sitting. And just love on her and let her know that, Maddie, I love you. I care for you. And there's good days ahead. I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. They're plans for good, not for evil. Plans to give you a hope and a future and we speak to the future lord in relation to the past we speak healing but we speak to the future and say lord let it be even as you've said in jesus name in jesus name thank you lord thank you lord jesus um there's a gentleman over here with some glasses on a little one on your lap hello what's your name sorry john john You know, I looked over and it was like God said, step up, step up, time to stand up, time to get going. There's a call that you know is there and uh, God loves you, darling. He just loves you and he wants to see you rise up into what he's called you to. So there's there's stuff that is in the background there that you've you've kind of, it's almost like you put it on the back burner, stuff that God's spoken to you and God says, no, it's time to bring out, and I, I actually see a flame, you know, like a gas flame. 
and the flame getting hotter and hotter. And it's like it's going to get so hot that you're going to be able to do nothing else but step up. Yeah, God bless you. Yeah. You're a good man, John. You're a good man. What was his name, John? Big John. That's what I was going to say. You just stole it from me. And it goes, and it goes like this. Big John. Oh, right. Okay, yeah, sorry. It's an old movie. <laughs> just saying. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus. Don't you like just kind of chilling with Jesus occasionally? Sometimes in church life and even in meetings, we're so kind of full on this thing. His presence is beautiful, hey? Thank you, Jesus. It's just beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. This lady over here, can I go? Hello, what's your name? Jody. Jody. Jody, Jody. I see there's been a journey, and uh, there's actually been a lot of tears, a lot of heartache. And, um, and the Lord just wants you to know, it's like water's under the bridge. It's like I spoke over Maddie just a minute ago, forgetting those things that are behind. And it's like God just, I feel the, the Holy Spirit just encouraging this morning, Jody, to let that go. Let it go. There's nothing you can do about it. There's absolutely nothing you can do about it. And it's really funny, I keep getting that picture of old Mother Hubbard, you know, that was in her shoe. And uh, she went to the cupboard, there was nothing there to feed the children. And it's like you're in that place where you feel like there's nothing you can do. You've got nothing left to give. And you're opening the cupboard doors and you're saying, God, there's nothing. What do I do here? He's saying, come to me. Come to me. He's got your heart. He's got your heart. And you know, he has great things ahead for you. Really great things, yeah. There's a there's a beautiful future waiting, and it's like it's almost like I see you waiting in the wings, and you're about to step out onto a platform. And don't be surprised when you're handed that big bouquet, because there's a bouquet in that future as you step into everything God has for you. Just let Him do that healing heart stuff. Yeah, we all go through it, all go through it. But God bless you, sweetheart. Yeah. I, I just I just feel that one of the things that God wants you to do or encouraging you to do is when you're in bed at night, just lay there and just pretend you're walking through the Coles or Woolworths, only it's kingdom stuff. And just say, Lord, by faith, I'm having that. Lord, I really desire that. And, and it's almost like God is saying, I'll grant the desires of your heart. The Lord says he loves to grant the desires of the righteous. And so just lay there and let your spirit kind of just do the walking and communing with God and, and the things that come upon your spirit. If you feel God's put there, just say, Lord, I'm just believing for that. I'm just by faith taking hold of it, that you'll make that a part of my life, okay? And sort of walk along a bit more in your spirit and say, yeah, I'll have some of that too, you know? Because God is going to fill the cupboards. But he loves to grant the desires of the righteous, okay? And you're righteous, so he loves to grant your desires, okay? Both spiritual and, and as a woman, God wants to meet both. You know, sometimes we separate them. No, he wants you to bless. He wants you blessed. So um, we'll go one more? Yeah, yeah. Okay, the gentleman over here with the glasses on his head. Hello, what's your name? Gary. Oh, great name. One hour or two. 
One. Awesome name. Oh, there you go. Shucks. You know what? Um, do you remember that song, Shake, Rattle and Roll? I think it was Elvis Presley, Trude. Where are you? Was it Elvis that sang that song, Shake, Rattle and Roll? Oh, somebody did. It was before my time. But um, it's like I just see God shaking you, rattling and rolling you on into something different. It's like there's things that are there that, that you don't want to do. <laughs> but there's a wisdom that's in you, Gary. And this is your wife? Yeah. There's actually a really, there's a depth of wisdom that's within you that God needs to shine a light on and that needs to come to the fore. It might look different. Things might look different and might be done differently. Whatever this is about, it's like, but God wants you to rise up. It's like I almost see you riding into battle with a flag, you know, on a horse, you know, real gallantly, lightly, like. Yeah. It's like, more like, charge! <laughs> but in the mix of that, there's going to be some shaking and there's going to be some changes. But I just believe it's God dealing with mindsets. It's, it's cultural things that will change. Um, but, but it's like there's such a depth that is going to come and, and a revelation of God's word like you've never had before as you just take yourself to him and just still your, your soul. You know, the, that scripture that comes to mind is, Beloved, I wish that you would prosper above all else, even as your soul prospers. And often it's our soul that needs to come into that place of surrender. And uh, that's a difficult thing to do, to be honest, it is. But there's a process involved. And I just see the Lord taking you on this journey where he's going to shake it up and rattle it up and roll you around. And you're going to come out like a different man. And there's a great, there's a great depth there. So yeah, be encouraged. God's not finished. Yes. It ain't over till it's over. So keep going, keep charging like a knight on a horse, and raise the banner, raise the flag, because Jesus is with you. God bless you. Okay. Well, time has kind of gone this morning, but we will be back tonight, and I trust you'll all come back. But uh, the lady next to Lorraine, I've forgotten her name. Meryl. Meryl. When I looked and I saw your T-shirt with glory, uh, that's your desire, that's your hunger. That's what you're pursuing is the glory of God. And God says that you're going to see it. You're going to see the glory of God. You're going to see that kabod, that weight of his presence in the most amazing ways. And, and you won't even have to lay hands on things or people It'll, it'll just be, you'll point to them and God will heal them and there will be just amazing things that are going to happen with you, particularly in the area of healing. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's like God's going to take what was painful and turn it around and, and cause the devil to wish he'd never done it to you. Okay, so that's the glory though. That's, you know, have I not said, if you'll only believe, the Bible says, you'll see the glory of God. So, Father, just reveal your glory. In the name of Jesus, let that glory just settle upon Meryl. In Jesus' name, Lord, that weight of presence, that weight that changes us, transforms us. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Praise God. In God good, folks, in in God just so good. I love John 20, 
chapter 21, I I love that in the old language, Jesus said, come and dine. (laughs) I love that. Just, yeah. And we can do that, can't we? We can do that. And so I just know God's deposited a lot of things in in all of you this morning. And uh, you're very, very, very welcome to come back tonight and uh, just keep taking in and taking in. Amen? It's good. Let's stand and we're just going to sing a, just a short little bit of a chorus and then we're going to go and drink coffee together. Okay, how's that sound? Praise God. Let's do it. Thanks, Steve. <laughs>